episode 32 here of the Cherokee Rewind set to start. I am Mick. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you tuning in here, whatever platform you use, and be sure to subscribe so you can get to hear in each new episode as it drops. So anyhow, my guest this week, a guy who I, I actually got to know when he played here in Toledo, uh, and I always do this game, and I, I guess, but I always do a game where I try to guess the number jersey you wore when you were playing in Toledo. And I usually get it wrong most of the time, but I, I think I got this one right because it, it was uh, so unusual a number to see on a player for Toledo. Because usually you, it's a number you usually see on a goalie uh, every now and then. But uh, it, it's, uh, by the way, we're talking with Matt Rogers. And uh, Rogers is from, Mr., uh, he is from Calif- uh, Colorado, correct? Yep. See. Palm Springs, Colorado. Okay. And now I, the number I'm, if I think I remember correctly, was twenty nine. Yep, that's right. Holy cow, man! See, and I didn't. You didn't nailed it. Yeah, like I said, you it just it stood out to me because you didn't. I mean, most forwards don't, or you know, don't normally wear twenty nine. Usually, that's on a goalie or a D. But uh, yep. So, you know, it's usually don't see that on forwards that often. So, uh, but uh, first of all, welcome and thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, of course. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about you for a while here. I, I'm sure you love doing that. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, seriously, though, what uh, a, a kid from Colorado, what did you uh, how did you get started in the sport? Uh, so I got started. I was a late late into playing i don't think i started till i was like 12 really um, yeah yeah so when the, the avalanche moved from quebec in 95 96 that was the first time i had seen hockey um fell in love with it right away and played a lot of street hockey for years before i could finally convince my parents to let me play uh and i wanted to start out as a goalie and patty wall was my favorite player and uh uh, the deal was they weren't going to buy me pads, so, but they would let me play ice hockey. But I had to be a, I had to be a skater. I couldn't be a goalie. So that's how I got into it. Wow. So, <laughs> so you end up. So, uh, gotta admit, uh, that you, well, you got to be a little bit, a little bit of a uh, oddball to play goalie anyway. You know, goalies are like field goal kickers. They, they just kind of their their own little world. <laughs> Maybe it worked out that I didn't fit into that. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I think so. You always because uh, when I mean uh, we'll get into it, but when uh, when you when we when you played in Toledo, you were probably one of the most level-headed guys that I ever met at that age, for being a young guy, and uh, you know most of the guys are you know talking about girls or or how they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and usually it was something that led to trouble. But uh, you were like the most level-headed, like, dare I say, normal person that, uh, that I ever met at that, at, that, uh, at that level at that time of, of life. I mean, you were just like a, a, a low-key, normal, quiet, uh, just uh, it, it was like 
you weren't creepy quiet. You know, you get those guys that are like, they're, they're creepy quiet. I mean, and they're so quiet, you, you can't expect to hear things in the background when they're in a room like, you know, or something like that, you know. But uh, no, you were not that creepy quiet kid. You were just like, you're just a normal, just a level headed. You had a level head about you and you were just like uh, respectful. You were nice. You were what in the heck was wrong with you? <laughs> right. so. uh, no, I think I, I don't know if we're jumping ahead, but I owe a lot of that. I think between my parents and the, uh, my AAA midget coach, I think, he, you know, he kind of instilled that, uh, just shut up and work mentality and it carried me a long way. So wow. I think that's probably where that, a lot of that came from. So when you first, uh, you first started playing at 12, did you start with, ice hockey right away or did you try roller hockey first uh we, no i just played like roller hockey in the street you know pick up games with the neighborhood and stuff i was lucky to have a lot of neighborhood kids at all we all kind of were into it um and i think when i finally convinced my parents to play ice hockey it was just a local rec league um and that was a you know that was a great experience and i did so i think i surprised my parents i, I did pretty well and um, it just worked out that a new travel club uh, had just like kind of started that that next season, and I got in with that, and um, you know tried out, made teams we weren't expecting to make, and wow, um, yeah, it just kind of went from there. But so, like, what was it? Is that uh, was that midget or was that yeah, Bantam? It was, uh, yeah, Bantam. My first travel team was was Bantam's. Uh, I believe it was Bantam A, and then the next year we started a Bantam AA team, which again tried out and made, which didn't see it coming, and then the jump to Midget, same thing, a new AAA team is their first year, and, you know, it was really, it was just like, I was signing up anywhere I could get ice time and went to the tryouts and ended up making the team. Wow. Um, so yeah. so who, was your, who were your coaches back then? Uh, my coach, so... Uh, I guess I guess the one that had impact was you know, his name's Andrew Sherman, and he still runs a called a Rampage program out here, uh-huh. which is a you know they've he's done a really good job building that program. And um, didn't they have a junior I, team in the WSHL? Uh, recently, I think so. Uh, that would. That would have had been the last couple of years, though. I was still involved with the team until about uh, seven seven years ago, seven or eight years ago. But uh, yeah, so Andrew Sherman was the coach. He was a played a few years of pro, not in the NHL. I think ECHL. Okay. Uh, and he was he was a player agent, and, uh, and our team wasn't our AAA team was not good. Like we'd regularly lose to double A teams. But he, uh, you know, he didn't care. He was he was gonna make us monsters. We didn't have any skill, so we just like he just instilled work ethic, and we were gonna be tougher than everybody. And <laughs> so that was how I spent my midget career. Oh, all right. So you <laughs> so you did all of that, and how did in the world? How in the wide wide world did you end up coming to Toledo? So I played kind of the same story as everything else. I uh, um, my last year of midgets, 
we played a tournament in Portland, Maine. Um, and then I kind of, and I got asked by that team's junior. So they had a junior program out there. They asked me while I was out there to come try out the next season. I did made it again. Like I thought I was outclassed and managed to squeak in. Spent a year in Maine that next summer. So what would have been my, after my first junior season, um, the Andrew Sherman and he got together with a bunch of uh, junior leagues and did like a showcase where they brought in teams from all over and then uh, Toledo came I'm trying to think who came out from Toledo uh, might have been Robertson yeah Mike Robertson at the, at, yep yep at the time he so he came out and saw me and these these uh, showcases were a mess Nick man like I think I had three fights every game you know it was just a total gong show uh, for these showcases, but that was enough for uh, Mike to invite me to Toledo. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, and I don't remember, did, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but did you ever fight in Toledo? Oh, uh, I had a handful. You know, I, I kind of had, I actually had a hard time finding people to go with, you know, because like guys that would scrap a lot would usually go after uh, like Reeves or Higgins, yeah. Or, you know, we had we had Andrew Hess that would just punch holes in people's face. But <laughs> uh, you know, so after guys were busy chasing them, and I would I actually had a hard time finding dance partners most time. But yeah, I wasn't scared to fight. I, I liked it. Holy cow! <laughs> uh, so uh, so you come to Toledo. You do you uh, come to a camp here? Well, tell me what the camp was like. Um. Same thing. I think I think the first face-off of the first game, Andrew S. knocked some dude out. Uh, like, we hadn't played 10 seconds into this game. And I was like, okay, this is – so the league I played in Maine uh, was like a junior, tier three, junior A, something like that at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fighting was – fighting was uh, um, it was a five in a game. Yeah, you, it was highly so, frowned upon. Yeah, so I, I, you know, the couple scraps I had there, I'd end up out of the game and sit in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then coming to coming to Toledo, where's highly, you know, that was the uh, what was it? I think it was, uh, Varga was the coach then at the time. Chris Varga, yep. And you know, he was he embraced that like he wanted to play with that edge, and the camp reflected it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's plenty of scraps. So did I you? Don't, I don't remember the name. Somebody is. I think it was the second game up there in the camp. I remember getting someone blasted me with an elbow. So we had a little go after that. I think that was my only fight in that camp. Man. So uh, <laughs> do you remember, um, do you remember, uh, I'm trying to remember, did you have uh, a, how, I mean, what was, what was your overall view when you walked into the locker room? Did you have a, uh, like uh uh, were you nervous or were you like oh, I could see myself here uh, yeah I was pretty nervous like I admittedly was, uh, it was probably uh, a downfall a lot of my playing career especially in juniors I was a, a little bit of a head case I was nervous all, for like every game um, but playing every, walking to that camp you know I was, I was actually I was uh I was pretty impressed with that with how the organization was run. Like, 
you know, we come in and the locker room's pretty nice. Uh, everything's super organized. But, but um, Kevin Kinsella is the uh, equipment manager. The, uh, yeah, equipment manager. He was like, he was hustling. He was making things happen. Sharp and Steve was. I was impressed. So I mean, there were some big boys at camp too. I was, I was, because I'm not a big guy, and uh, I tried to play. I tried to play a big game, and but there were some legitimately big, strong guys. Some farm strong guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, Andrew has pops to mind for some reason. When you say farm strong, yeah, farmer strong. That's him. But, uh, yeah. uh, but now, who are some of the other guys that you remember in camp that you saw, that you played with? Uh, they ended up, you know, the, the two years kind of blend together. Um, the guys, uh, you know, I've, I've actually made, I still stay in contact with some guys like um, Anthony Martin, uh, was a kid out of Michigan. Yep. I actually still talk to him. He, he lives out here now. Uh, oh, he's out in Colorado now? Yep, yep, he's out in Colorado. Got a wife and a couple of kids. Um, Good for him. Yeah, uh, I guess the big guys were Higgins. Higgins was a captain. Uh, I think Abigail. Abigail. Say the name. Corey Abigail. Yep. yep. Everyone yep. just called him uh, Abby. Yeah. Yep. Abby. Uh, Reeves was out there. Uh, Austin Seiple. Oh yeah, good old Seiple. Pride of him on me. Yep. Uh, uh, Ryan Sell. Yeah, the defenseman out there. I actually ended up living with him um, during the seasons. His his parents, uh, Tom and Gloria, were saints. Yeah, uh, put, putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> so now was J.C. Gulch with you that when you played? Yep, yep. He was. That was his first year in juniors, and uh, he was stud. Now, did did you play? Did you get to play any D at all when you were here? Any as a defenseman. defenseman, yeah. Uh, no, I was I was almost always a center, uh, you know, third or fourth line center. Now, who uh, did, do I you did, remember? Who your line mates were? That so that first year, uh, I played a lot with Mart Anthony Martin and uh, Pedel Speed. I'm sorry, who was the third one? Jesper Pedel. Oh, Jesper. Okay, Speed. <laughs> yeah, Speed. Yeah, yeah, we. And, uh, and Sweet was, he was definitely, he had a lot more skill than I did, so I, pretty regularly he'd get bumped up the top two lines, but uh, uh, we always had some chemistry. We'd, uh, I loved when we'd get put online, the three of us, we'd go out and do some banging, Sweet would show off his hands a little bit, and that was fun times. There's nothing wrong with that, man. So, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Martin, I think, was another guy who he was kind of like you. You know, you, you look at him, and on paper you're thinking, eh, okay, he's he's all right. But uh, he did more than what you thought. And, and, and he was a guy who he was he – was, he wasn't fast, but he was quick. You know, and there is a difference between those. I mean, he wasn't a speedster up and down the ice, but he knew how to uh, dipsy doodle in a corner, and he and he knew how to uh, play around the net. Uh, like I said, he was just a, he just he did it the old fashioned way. He worked hard, 
but he he was able to do those things and he was deceptively quick for a guy who yeah. was uh you know just uh you know like i said he wasn't going to be uh the number one center or the number one winger on the top line uh but he uh, he was just one of those guys that he just had the hands and and he he actually was able to do some good things with them yeah yeah for sure i think that's uh... That's why I really enjoyed when the three of us were together on the line because I am, you know, I was the uh, north-south, just trying to put people on the boards and get loose pucks. Martin was kind of that middleman. Um, like I said, he had like really good hands around the net, and he had good vision, pretty quick. And then, and then Swede was the, definitely the higher skill of the three of us and had a great shot. And so when the three of us got put together, it was. Those are the highlights for me. Yeah, so now when you uh, – do you remember your first goal in the Cherokee uniform? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I scored a goal in the Cherokee uniform. <laughs> really? some reason, I thought you did. Uh, no, I don't um, – you know, thinking back, I don't, I'm not sure I did ever. <laughs> I'm gonna to have to look I that had, up. That's gonna be. I had a, yeah, I, I uh, actually, I take that back. I did score one. It was. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember who was out there with me. Someone absolutely. The other team's goaltender. Like he stepped out of the crease and got steamrolled, and then that was just open. And I think I just tapped it into an open net. <laughs> Hey, they don't ask how. Hey, they don't ask how, Matt. So it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, I I was a couple of uh, couple of uh, podcasts ago. I had a guy tell me that he was looking for a guy in front of the net, and the guy was being double teamed. His teammate was, and so he looked over and he saw the goaltender move his leg. And when he moved his leg, he pulled his leg off the post. So he banked it off the back of the goaltender's leg, and it went in. No, beautiful. Yeah, that's you beautiful. That's, but the, that's my beautiful. point is is that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, what he had planned. It's just sort of like a, right. oh, here you go, you know, surprise. <laughs> and uh, it worked out. And it's, the, it's like with you with that, you know, the guy got steamrolled. But it, like I said, they don't ask you how. They just ask you if you scored. So, yeah, of course you Yep, you're on. That's all that matters. <laughs> now, uh, so, uh, you know, when you think that, I was thinking back about that, my gosh, you played at a time where there were some really good players on on our team. I mean, there really were. Uh, you know, yeah. you talk about uh, Jesper Hedell. I think if I'm not mistaken, did you play with uh, on the, the same team with Mike Majesty? He came over no. at the trade deadline. No, you're the you're the year after then because Swede played two seasons and he came over with Majesty the year before you got there in a trade uh, from Grand Rapids. So right, so he had yeah. So you have um, yeah. So you just missed out on that one. Okay, so now playing with Sipes. So that meant were you there for the uh, brawl with Dubuque? Oh, that's a sense of so that's. uh, for a trade or a release that week and uh, like bust town I think a day before that and then you know getting all the 
texts and phone calls after that, like, you know, bro, you missed it. Because <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. That... I, you know, and at the time, like, like I said, I was still in touch with a lot of the boys, like J.R. Engelbert, uh, the goaltender was obviously a big part of that, and he was fired up, so he gave me a call immediately. That, yeah, that, yeah, he beat the snot out of uh, a couple yeah. other tough guys. He, I remember the YouTube video for sure. Yeah, because and Mickey Jost was the guy that started that whole thing, and everyone got thrown out of the game, but I think he's the only one that didn't get thrown out. But, you know. Uh, which was hilarious. So, from sort of the kid that he blew up to start that, I actually played AAA with out here in Colorado. Brandon Bradley was his name. He was a good little skill player, but uh, I remember I remember watching that. Joe's like the, just the nicest kid on the team. I think. Yeah. Like like a genuine like sweetheart, and he blows up this Bradley kid, and he's rolling around, and you know everything ensues after that. It was, it was pretty wild. I was sad I missed it. Uh, well, the thing that cracked me up was the their their tough guy. The face-off, after all of it cleared up, the tough, oh, yeah. uh, tough guy at their own blue line lines up, and as soon as the puck drops, he races down to try and take out JR. JR yeah. leapfrogs him, and then all hell breaks loose. And uh, that, that just, oh, my gosh. I was expecting the cops to be called out for that. I really was. How, how we avoided that, I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, that, was, that was wild. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Now um, I'm trying to think here. Um, where did did where did in the in your first year were you in? Did you guys go to playoffs? Where did you go to playoffs? Uh, yeah, we went to playoffs. Um, we ended up going taking second nationals this yep. year. Okay, yeah. Then you were yeah that year uh, in Philadelphia, right? I believe so. So I actually didn't get to go to nationals. I like the. I think it was a. It might have been the series before playoffs. Uh, I blew. I dislocated my shoulder. I was actually in a in a fight. Um, like I asked to go, we dropped our gloves. I grabbed his shoulder pads, and when I went to pull him down, I just ripped my arm out of my socket. Oh. Uh, he came in to save me and took the guy off me and um you know Tommy Higgins did what Tommy Higgins does to that kid yeah I just got right off the right off the ice and my season was done so I, I got to uh and you know luckily at the time we had you doing the broadcast so at least I was able to listen to the to the playoffs into the nationals yeah uh, online yeah so you know and it I just uh like I said I just remember like I said you know, you talk about Joe being the nicest guy. Actually, I think it was you. <laughs> you were probably, I think, I think, because and I love Nicky Joe. Don't get me wrong; he's a great kid. As a matter of fact, I think he's a, a dad for the first time here recently. And uh, oh, really? yeah, he's married. I think married with the with the little one. And uh, but uh, yeah, he was always. A, but he he like I said, he started that whole thing, and uh, in Dubuque. <laughs> And uh, against Dubuque, and uh, but uh, yeah, he was like I said, you were right though. He's an extremely nice, polite kid, uh, and of course, uh, like I said, but you were also like I said, you were probably because you always bailed me out. If I needed to to interview anyone, and if you weren't dressed, you would always be there, and you would talk to me, 
and stuff. And we just and we just hung out, even even off the air. You we just if we were at the rink and there was just time to kill, you would hang out. We'd hang out, just sit in the stands and talk, and you know, and stuff yep, like yep. that. I mean, it was like I said, just a different. Uh, you were just a different cat, you know. So and I and I really yeah. appreciated that and stuff. But uh, I um, I was trying to remember now when when you played, did you have um, who was the probably in your mind the team that was was it Dubuque or St. Louis as the biggest nemesis for Toledo? Um, I think well, St. Louis is more skilled. They were they were really good, but yeah. I don't remember those games being nasty at all. Uh, but I remember every. Uh, I think every time we get at Dubuque or uh, what was the other uh, Peoria, maybe. Yeah. Like those those two teams, like I knew who I was going to come out for. Just like you were getting hacked, you were getting crushed. Like those games were always way more chippy. But St. Louis was definitely there. They were a really good team. Holy smokes! Yeah, I mean, and I remember too because uh, St. Uh, St. Louis they they ran a string there where I think in they won like something like. Uh, I think four four national championships in like six years. It was yeah, insane. Yeah, it was just insane. And they had several guys there that uh, ended up going to the NHL. And yeah, that, yeah, they're decent. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, they had that. That's yeah. Obvious, uh, of course, everyone knows Paul Stastny now yep. because he plays for Vegas, but. Uh, he, I mean, prior, you know, also they had guys like Joe Vitale, Chris Butler, um, Brandon Bolig won a cup with Chicago. Uh, yep. And I just remember him because he, he, he fought Brett Lincoln, who played for us uh, a couple years prior to you. And uh, he, I think we're I remember at, stories about Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> most of them were true. <laughs> That's nuts. He, that that guy was nuts, and I loved him. He was one of my one of my all time favorite guys. He was just nuts, and 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 he he was. And uh, but uh, yeah, if there were stories about Brett, they usually were true. Um, but uh, he he actually as uh, I think he was like uh, nineteen or twenty, and Bolig had just come into the league for St. Louis, and he was like six three six two six three. 240 pounds he was a baby bull just a man yeah yeah he was a man child and uh he just and, and he want and so lincoln's like come on let's go i remember because back then if you fought within the final five minutes of the game you were thrown out and you also got you were suspended the next game if right. you, if you fought within the final five minutes of the game so there was right. 501 on the clock and the, the clock had stopped and and Bolig was on the ice and 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 Brett goes out there and I could see him he's like I could see him going come on let's just do this and and so and so Bolig says okay so with 501 to go they drop the puck and they go and it's probably one of the few times where I'm sitting there you know cuz usually I'm thinking okay you don't want to beat up a you don't get pride in beating up a 16 year old but not too many 16 year olds are built like Brandon Bolig I mean, they, they just weren't. That guy was a beast, and uh, 
and 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 he 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 put up a good fight. Him and Brett went toe to toe, and uh, it was a good fight. But still, it was just it was hilarious. And of all the guys that I saw that I thought, okay, um, he'll make it to the show. I, I'll be honest. I didn't think that uh, Bolig was going to be one of them, but through hard work, man, determination, he got that slender, and that's what that's where you get, man. That was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Lincoln was a character. He was a piece of work. And it was funny because he, we ended up, he ended up getting traded, I think, to Columbus, and if I'm, I can't remember, I think it was Columbus and he left. And then in the, I think in his last year, we got him back and he played the last part of his, uh, his junior career, his last part of his last season, he came back and played with us. So that's, I'm just, I, if my memory serves me correctly. Like I said, I got 20 years worth of memories. I got to try and process, but, uh, yeah. You know, but he was a he was a piece of work, man. He really was. And uh, but now getting back to you, Mister, can't you can't dump this all on other folks. So uh, you you know you talk about uh, you know that you decided you if you weren't gonna get as much playing time as you had liked, you wanted to either get traded or get released. Um, how hard was that to to do? To ask. It was it was really tough. So there, then there was like there was a few factors. Um, some of that second season, and Duncan had come in as a coach, mm-hmm. um, and I, I had a late start in the season, come off shoulder surgery from that previous season. Um, you know, but the organization took care of me real well. Kept my spot. Uh, I got to come back and play, and um, I had also that year another. Buddy that I played AAA without here, John Melendez came out. Yeah, was he a goalie? Um, uh, no, no, he was a forward. I couldn't uh, remember. But, but yeah, he. Uh, but him and I played the same style. Like, you know, we're going to try and run everybody through the boards. I was afraid to scrap. Neither of us really had hands. Like we could probably play without a stick. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, so he came out and he was getting he was a healthy scratch a lot and uh and I knew it was my last year of juniors and I was like you know if they release you I'm gonna go with you um so I kind of gave my word on that so that was part of it um yeah part of it wasn't like I wanted to if I was gonna this would be my last year like I love this game enough but I wanted to play too um that I would go uh, and the plan was, if, so if Melendez got released, which was kind of sound how it was going, like he was going to, uh, he was going to go to the NORPAC, which I was confident I would be able to get more playing time at. And then uh, Duncan and I didn't, the, his coaching style, like, it was hard. I really liked his, his uh, like he expected us to hit a lot and put pucks on that, which, you know, perfect fit for me, it sounds like. Uh, but I remember her, we went to Mitch, uh, who were we playing? Uh, the Jets, maybe? The Metro Jets? Uh, yeah, it might have been the Metro Jets. I remember we were like, we were on a couple games skid. Uh, and I remember the, the games we had lost, like, the, oh, there was a lot of, like, blaming. It, it wasn't our fault. Like, you know, the refs 
screwed us on that game. And this had happened a couple games, and I remember we go to play the Jets, and it's like the first shift there's an offside. And Duncan is losing his mind on the linesman. And I, I, and I remember just kind of like, I was like, man, that's, uh, it didn't sit well with me. So I think it was just kind of all those things piled together. And uh, so I asked, so that's my ask for, for the trade, which, and like, it was, it was really tough because I really enjoyed the, the team. Like the organization was tr- treated me great. Um, you know, and then, like I said, I was living with the cells and they were a phenomenal host family. And, um, you know, looking back, I, I kind of regret, I regret leaving, like, uh, but that's life, I guess. Yeah. So, so what happened with um, so what happened with uh, John and you? I mean, where did you guys head to? Uh, so we went back because he had played two years uh, in with the Helena Bighorns. Okay. Now in Helena, Montana, and you know they they didn't want him to, to leave the team in the first place when it came to Toledo. You know, and they told him he'd, he'd have a, always have a spot. So they took him right back. Uh, he kind of put in a good word for me, and I went back with him. Um, they like so I mean they're kind of like a yeah, in season tryout so I practiced with them for a week and then played a weekend of games and uh, I guess we played one game and it was, it was a, I had you know I had like a great game at a Cordy Howe hat trick and it was a cool atmosphere you know there's nothing else happening in Helena the stands were packed it was great and then uh, and then I uh off my shoulder again, and that was the end of end of my career. Ouch! Yeah, I got one game out in there, and uh. that was it. Now, um, so did you stay with the team after that? I mean, you know what I mean. You know how you get hurt and you still, but you still stay with them, or did you go back? No, home? like no, yeah, because I was that like that was my, I guess my tryout was that one week of practice and a game so they didn't you know they didn't sign me to stay with the team or anything so that was that was kind of it so now so you go back home uh did you uh did you go uh, in did you enroll in school right away or did you just take some time off to kind of you know heal and process all this stuff um yeah i just you know started working just kind of BS jobs. Uh, I always, I always knew I, I wasn't going to go to school because um, I did. Cause like when I blew up my shoulder that second time, I called uh, my old AAA coach down here, uh, Andrew Sherman. Told him about it, and he immediately, you know, he's like, he's like, um, he had contacts with a handful of D three schools that would uh, that he could get me in with out east. Um, but I, I just knew I didn't want to go to school. Like, uh, academics were not for me. <laughs> so, uh, uh, like, yeah, I came back to Springs and spent some time just working, you know, whatever jobs. And um, then I ended up uh, actually got in with my old coach, and he opened a training facility. Uh, specifically towards hockey players, but kind of everything. And then I also, at the same time, started getting into CrossFit. So we became a CrossFit affiliate. So for about seven, 
yeah, six six years, I think. Uh, I was co-owner, co-owner of a CrossFit gym with with him in Monument, Colorado. Wow. Well, for not for yeah. someone who didn't uh, someone who didn't go to school, I'd say that's pretty darn impressive. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was just, uh, it was just work. I, I definitely wasn't the business side of it. A poor businessman, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not scared of working, though, so just put the hours in. That's what you need sometimes, man, is just to put the time in. But, yep. uh, so, now, did you ever think about maybe coaching? Um, so, I actually did. I coached high school for a season, a uh, season and a half. Uh, I coached Air Academy High School out here in Springs. Um oh. Which, which was like kind of a two-sided sort. I really enjoyed it. I liked being around the team. It was it's fun to, I still do a lot of teaching. Like that teaching side of it's fun, but uh, I guess the, the same with the high school kids. That sounds like you can't want it more than they want it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the high, the high school guys out here were just, you know, they're just out there for fun, you know, playing hockey. Yeah. Live, live, the, live the lifestyle a little bit, but um, I can't want to work harder than the players want to work hard. So, so that was short-lived coaching career. Huh. Well, but I mean, did you enjoy it though? Did you have fun with it? Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was, and it was good timing. You know, it was, it was maybe a year after I'd stopped playing. So it was, you know, it kind of uh, satisfied that that itch, you know, to be around the boys and go on road trips, but be on the ice, you know. Mm-hmm. Now uh, that was all good times. But do you ever um, do you ever think about it as far as uh, maybe you'd like to get back into it someday? Um, you know, sometimes it's there. I don't. I, I don't know if I don't know if I will. Yeah. I mean, I it doesn't think, have to necessarily be enough. high school. It could be little guys. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know. You never know what the future holds. I mean, it's, I still the uh, I'm a firefighter now. The fire department has a team, so I'll, I'll still go skate with them occasionally. Um, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, that that's an interesting uh, story in and of itself. You, you is a guy who did not like to go to school, did not. You know, academics wasn't for him. Uh, you went on to become a firefighter? Uh, please do tell. Yeah, yeah well, uh, it's, a, it's a good, it's becoming less of it, but at the time I got in, it's still a pretty blue-collar job, so that, that worked well for me. Um, I got in, uh, when did I start? 2009, I started volunteering, and then I was, Got picked up pretty quick after that, and been a firefighter ever since. But what got you I, interested I in that? Um, originally, I think it was so after I was done playing. I was a little bit lost, you know. I, I mean, I, I had the, I was working at the gym and driving damn ponies on the side and coaching, doing all that at the same time. But uh, I have an uncle that uh, he's retired now, but he was a firefighter. And he's like, you know, this. I think this will this will fit your what you want. 
or what you're missing, which, you know, was being around the boys and having that team environment and going to work together and having a, a uh, like a singular focus as a group. And, uh, you know, that's all something in the locker room you have. And, and I, so once he kind of got me into it and I started exploring that more, I found that the firehouse is kind of the same thing. Like we're all there for a pretty singular mission. Like all going to sweat together and tell lots of, uh, lots of jokes and you know a lot of good stories to tell good. yeah yeah exactly so so you went so you signed you decide to test out to see if you can uh, get into enrolled into the classes and stuff in the program uh, was it a challenge for you do you think I mean did you uh, were you did you take to it pretty quick or uh, as far as you know the schooling, or did you, or did you have some struggles? Oh uh, no, I yeah, I definitely had some. I had some struggles. Like the fire classes, I did okay with. Uh, I mean, there's so there's a lot, a lot like the department I work for now. You don't have to have a degree. Like if you have a driver's license, a clean driver's license, and like, nope, and you've gone to EMT school, then like you're welcome to apply. Um, and that's how a lot of departments are. The, the department I originally got hired with, you had to have an associate. So I went and did fire classes for that, and then God bless my wife, uh, um, held my hand through all the academic stuff. <laughs> and, you know, baby stepped me through how to do math and write an English paper. Um, so, so that was that was tough. And but after you know, once I was in, and I really took the mission of fire service to heart. It was um, I was all in. It's easy to be in. That's funny, you know, considering, you know, like I said, I'm still thinking about hearing you say, uh, you know, hey, uh, academics wasn't for me. Well, <laughs> you just got to find the right academics, I guess. Yeah. And you, it sounds like you did. Uh, so, yeah, you, yeah, for sure. so you did that. And of course, do you remember the first time you ever had to go fight a fire? Yeah. Nervous? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get the adrenaline, you know, the tones come in and you get a, you know, you're in the firehouse and we have lights and a loud tone drops and it dispatches what you're going to, whether it's a medical or a car accident. As soon as it says structure fire, you, uh, you get a giant adrenaline up, you know, because, you know, you're about to go in a burning building and you run out to the rig, you put your stuff on, and then you, you have at least a five-minute, you probably have a five-minute drive time, you know, where you're just sitting in the fire truck waiting to get there. And then, um, you know, so you're getting all amped up and trying, but trying to control your heart rate. And, um, uh, yeah, and then it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's a, it's a unique feeling. Like, it's, uh, I, I love it. It's kind of like a, a, a little bit of a dichotomy. Like, you know, that's my that's my favorite part of the job is fighting structure fires. No, um, wow. but it's also somebody else's. Like, that's somebody's house. Yeah, or somebody could. So it's a it's an it's a weird dichotomy to say that I love I love to fight structure fires, but someone someone's house got to be on fire, which is never a good time. No, never. We can understand that, but I understand your sentiment though. Now, yeah. now you know when you. 
do you, you really feel like that is uh satisfied your your hockey itch uh with uh the the you know as you mentioned the team environment and the and, and the structure and the goals and everything and all that uh as it uh it, it i mean it sounds like it's very comparable yeah it is i think that's a big piece of um of like like you said like not having that not having that as much of that itch is uh, i guess there's, there's two pieces of that so for sure the fire service the team side the fire service has, has uh, helped call that for me because um, it's totally like especially if you have a really good crew like right now i have an amazing crew and we're all the same mindset like we come to work and we if we're not running calls we're training or, or eating all day <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a great, it's great life, great team atmosphere. I love it. Um, and I guess the other side, as far as still playing hockey or or coaching, is the games changed a lot. Like the style, I like to play, or like when I was coaching, like the coach. It's kind of, it's kind of fading. You know, the that hard nosed hockey is kind of seems to be going away a bit. Which I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love watching hockey. I'll, if it's on, if there's a televised game, it's on TV. But mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, and then like playing, or when I go play with the the, the team at the fire department, you know, we play tournaments against other fire departments or police departments, or like sometimes semi-pro teams, like the lower level teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just hard to, to accept the game change, and no one wants a men's league player like me that's just skating hard and blocking shots and playing the body. You know, it's like it's men's league. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but you got that junior hands, background there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let me. I want to ask you before we go. I want to ask you a few questions here about when you were in Toledo. Um, yep. Who were some of the uh, funnier guys that you remember being here? Um, you know, Swede was always super entertaining, mostly just because of his broken English. Because <laughs> uh, I think he was just learning to speak, especially the first that first year, which would have been his second year. But uh, we always had fun time make, giving Swede hard time about the way he talked. Reeves was always hilarious. Um, Bart Reeves. Yeah. Um, I think back like locker room stuff who was really actually surprisingly funny was uh, Austin Seifel uh, I remember he would just he'd just be dancing in the locker room like on a regular basis I was I thought that was pretty funny he was what? <laughs> he'd be dancing he had, he had like these ridiculous dance moves just like on the way to the <laughs> on the way in or out of the locker room he's doing the shopping cart or the sprinkler or whatever else he was a he was he was a surprisingly funny guy oh my gosh like you know because a lot of times he was pretty serious or reserved but he wasn't scared to, to shake the hips a little bit that's okay that you just put a thought in my head i really didn't want to have in there <laughs> matt thank you for that um now when you guys were on the road uh I'm sure there was probably the odd prank or two uh, involving shoes, involving uh, garbage pails, the usual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, did you ever get uh, 
were you ever the target of any of those or did you ever pull any of those? Um, you know, I wasn't too much of a prankster myself. I don't remember, I don't remember too many being played on. I was kind of, I was kind of out of that. I was the observer. I was just on the outside watching, watching someone else get it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any, any, anything too wild with those. No. You know, there's the typical rookie stuff with the, um, I'm trying, I don't remember who it, I, I, just, I just remember being at a team dinner once. I don't remember if it was Ryan Sell. There was a couple guys, but uh, I don't even remember what they called it. Like, they, had to, they had to push a quarter around with their nose on the, on the floor of the restaurant. Oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> I think that uh, beep, beep, I'm a Jeep, I think is what they had to say as they're going around random people's tables. Good order. <laughs> the, the funny, the funny part is, we used to do that on the bus. We used to do have to, yeah, we used to have to do that on the bus. Uh, some, uh, not uh, me, but the, the a lot of the rookie players did. Of course, yeah, this is further yeah. back, but still, they would, um, yeah, they would push a quarter with their nose, and depending, uh, there may have been a certain amount of uh, clothing removal involved. Anyway. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, we were a little different, but different times back then, different times, but yep, uh, yeah, it changed a bit. Yeah. So, uh, now, uh, let me know what is going on with you these days. Now you talked about, obviously we know now that you're a firefighter, but, uh, married family. Oh, uh, married. Uh, we've been together for this year was our 10 year anniversary actually. Wow. Congrats. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, it's crazy that time for, you know, we're talking about this stuff and to think that was, oh, shoot, 04, 05 is 15 years. Pretty, pretty wild. Um, yeah, married, no kids, just living, uh, living a good life. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, a couple dogs and do whatever you want to do. That's pretty awesome. Now, yeah. uh, do you uh, do you ever keep in touch with any of the old guys from way back yonder? Um, no, I said I'll, I'll see Martin maybe once or twice a year. He's in uh, Grand Junction, so the other side of the he's on the western slope of Colorado, so it's QR Drive. But occasionally, I'll meet up and have lunch with him and uh, him and his wife, um, uh, John Melendez. Same thing. Can talk to you occasionally. Uh, Jerry Engelbert's actually out here now. He's uh, there was a doesn't he work at a golf course? He was yeah. I think he's working at a golf course, and I think he might be running uh, the youth hockey program up there in Breckenridge now. Wow! If if I remember, it's been a bit since I've talked to him, but um, yeah, he. he I tried to recruit as many guys in Colorado as I could from from those Toledo days. <laughs> you know, like uh, I think after that second season, both of them came out. We we did a big snowboarding trip. Sweet came out for a snowboarding trip. Um, you know, did some camping and stuff like that. So yeah, because you got I know you got along real well with Sweet. Yeah, and because uh, I remember him. Because like I said, I remember him talking about we matter of fact we i think we talked about that when uh, he did his podcast uh 
about you know going out to Colorado. And then of course recently he ran in the uh, Chicago Marathon like a year or two ago. Yeah, he's an animal. Yeah, that guy. He's always been an animal. Yeah, I just remember him as the kid who always ate oatmeal every day. <laughs> no, we had yeah we had we had some great times, uh, and I think that was part of like uh, Swede and Martin myself were all the same like. Uh, you know, we kind of treated it like, I mean, I understand, you know, it was junior B hockey and, you know, none of us are going to the show from that, but uh, we kind of treated it that way, you know, as we, and that was another thing that was awesome in Toledo is uh, they let us bring the day. If no one's on the ice, we were allowed to go practice on our own. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so Swede and Martin and I would go every morning. We could go out and, you know, work on skill stuff for a couple hours go get breakfast, go to the gym, go to practice. You know, was, we were living that life, and I think it was just, yeah, that kind of bonded us, bonded the three of us. And, wow, that's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was we had, had some great times. Yeah, you know, so uh, now of, you know, if, if you had to say, who was the uh, guy that, or pers- person, I should say, that influenced you the most as far as uh, your hockey career is concerned? Uh, at any point? Any point, yep. Uh, you know, it was probably that my AAA coach, Andrew Sherman, he, uh, um, he instilled, like, we, he expected us to, to work our bags off, as we used to say, and uh, I saw that it like because I was not a skilled guy. Obviously, I you know my one junior goal. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know he, he instilled that like just work and think good things will happen and hard work paid off. And I couldn't agree more. I was gonna say for a guy who you know you said yourself you know didn't expect to make it and all those times from your youth you kept making it so at some point you got to realize that eh, maybe i'm not the worst player in the world you know yeah, yeah. You, you just gotta yeah, well, th- and and that was i think it was also kind of it's kind of a testament to the game at that time you know i could i could just be good at killing penalties and throwing the body around and be sound defensively and skate hard and that was enough to differentiate guys from guys that weren't doing those things yeah well so you know uh, i like i said i've really put in uh i always enjoyed watching you play because like i said you for a guy as small as you were you were not afraid you 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 went at 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 it like with anybody you didn't care and you just were you were not afraid to play against guys who were bigger tougher rougher you didn't care. You just went at it. And that's what I always appreciated about your game. Now, away from the game, who would you say were the, the person or persons that influenced you the most away from the game? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I have, uh, I've, I've had guys since I've been in a fire service that have really influenced me. Um, 
Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean that's, it could that's, be that's like, I like sit down and sit down and journal about or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, let's make this a good case study. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I mean, you know, like your folks or uh, other family members or or really good friends growing up or you know, just they could be anybody. Um. You know, I guess I, not to use another fire service thing, but I mean, it's, it's a pretty big part of my life now. I was gonna say, why not? Um, yeah. Uh, so when I when I got hired with my first department, it was a, called a student program, so you had to be enrolled to college. And another student I got hired with, uh, his name was Mike Whooper, um, uh, was just like uh, he was phenomenal fireman skill wise like I was new to the fire service he had a little experience but just watching the way he handled himself and like uh, treated everything like a professional um, you know never stopped like the dude had been in the fire service 10 years already and he was in a student program because he wasn't scared to go back to school to learn more and you know that kind of thing so I think he had a pretty big impact on my life and just you know, you can always be better. Someone's, someone's always going to be better, but you can always be better, I guess would be a, that's, that's a big part of how I operate now, I guess. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. Now, uh, let's see, trying to think here. Um, looking at it now for the, uh, for the future, um, do you think that your, your, your mindset might change at all when it comes to coaching? If, you were to ever have kids? Yeah, I think that if, if we ever went down that road, I think that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that happens, doesn't that is, it? That's a valid point, yeah. Yeah, because I've, uh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen guys who are like, I don't want to be like him because they've had uh, coaches that were hard on him. And Now, this is from years ago and from other teams. This isn't from the Cherokee. But I've had guys like that that I've seen that they're like, I I don't want nothing to be I don't want to be like that coach because all he does is this this and this and he's, right. he's you know and then these guys would go on to find the right girl, get married, settle down, have a family. <laughs> Next thing you know, their butts are out there on the ice skating, teaching these kids. Whether it's the ADM programs as the little guys or uh, Pee Wee or you know they're they're doing stuff. To get back in the game, because once this game gets into your into your blood, there's just no, there's no way really to to get rid of it. I mean, it, it's just a part of you. No, yeah, hundred percent, totally agree. I, I, I still get I still get like adrenaline dumps when I'm watching hockey on TV. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sitting on the couch being a slob, and I still my my heart rate's all up, sweating for no reason. You know. It's, it's in you. It's in you. It is. That's all there is to it, man. It's in you. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, Matt. I mean, I think we did pretty darn good here for a, a guy who, uh, full disclosure, when I contacted Matt about doing this, the first thing he says is to me is, I don't know if I've got anything worth, that anyone would find interesting worth talking about. Well, guess what? An hour later, okay. An hour later, and we're still yapping. And so I'd say, uh, 
I'd say you did pretty good. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, so I, I just, I'm glad that you were able to do this because again, you know, and that's what some of the other guys too, that who there's their, their, uh, experience wasn't that long. Uh, I had a couple of them, uh, that I've had recently where their entire Cherokee time was, uh, I think uh, one guy was 19 games, and the other one was uh, just a little more than that. It was just right after Christmas break. He was, he came to us. Oh really? Yeah. So and that was it. That was their entire time. But the it, it was being there with the organization, uh, you know, it, it finding some of the folks there that you, uh, you know, you just. Uh, you find you, you make good memories, you know, and you find guys that sure. you're friends with for, for, for life. You know, you don't always have to talk to them every day, but the fact that you're able to spend time with them and still keep in touch and know that they, they still, uh, they're still your fan. They're still fans of yours and they want the best for you. And, uh, you know, th those are the type of folks you hang on to. So, you know, there's hey. yeah, pretty, pretty special bonds you can make to that, you know. Yeah, and you did. You made some. So, and Toledo. Yeah, so, sure. and I, so that's why I'm so glad that you were able to do this. Because to me, like I said, this to me was important. Because I wanted you to be able to, you know, I don't want you just to be some number uh, or name that was in the program, you know. Right. Uh, the, the, you've got a story to tell. And not everyone has the same story. So, and I wanted you to be able to tell yours because yours does have a happy ending. And the fact that the life that you're leading now is, you know, from you making that, the, uh, the trip out here, making the trip up to Maine. I mean, it, it, your, your journey took you a lot of places and it helped you get to where you are now. So, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change things. Nope. So that's, what's beautiful about it. Now, before we go, do you have uh, anything you want to say to Cherokee Nation that's listening in or, you know, anything like that? Uh, you know, just, I don't know if, if anybody's listening from when I was around, but you know, thanks for everything. To, uh, I couldn't have asked for more when I was out there. You know, so thanks for everything. Keep that going. Well, and they thank you because, again, you know, this is, uh, like I said, people listen from your era, but not only from your era. You know, there's the, the kids that play now. That There's some that listen to this. And, uh, you know, the there are guys from that are younger, guys that are older that listen to this. So, you know, and there's also just fans that listen to this. And, you know, we're grateful for each and every last one of them. But that's why I want them to know that there were guys out there, the, you know, the Matt Rogers of the world, the John Melendez's of the world, that uh, they didn't play all four years in a Cherokee uniform, but they played and their story matters. You know, they count. So, uh, you know, that's like I said, that's why we do this. So I appreciate it. Oh, awesome. I'm, glad, I'm glad you're still doing it. Well, likewise, I'm, you know, I'm retired from doing the play-by-play, -play, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so I am. Um, yeah, that, that's true. Anyhow, well, Matt, I appreciate you doing this, bud. And uh, one of the other things we, I tell every player, every podcast, what we're going to do is when all the COVID crap is over and done with, um, we're going to work on putting together a reunion where guys yep the guys that played 
we can do an alumni game, sure. But even if you don't want to come play, you know, we want you to come so that we can like sit and watch the current Cherokee play and uh, have a couple of pops and tell tall, tall, tall tales and have a bunch of laughs. You know, oh yeah, that'd be good. Because that's what that's what it's about is the bonds and the camaraderie. You know, and that's one thing that uh, we all can enjoy with. So with is doing that. So I am definitely going to keep in touch with you. And like I said, the goal is to make sure that, uh, you know, you guys all know that so that you can uh, come in. And like I said, we want to be able to have fun. And hockey's a tie, the tie that binds. So we want to keep that forever. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you doing this. And again, we will talk soon. I promise you that. So sounds good. Well, that's going to do it for episode 32 here of the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you so much for hanging out with us. And always remember, give us a follow or subscribe to the platform you listen to us on, whether it's iHeart, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Amazon Podcast, whatever. You know, just uh, give us a, a give us a follow so that you can every time a new episode drops, you'll be the first to know. So for Matt Rogers, I am Mick. We will talk to you again next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.